smartcast.com This is the morning brief from the Economic Times produced in collaboration with avas.com With a 60000 crore rupee debt the choice is not between privatization and non privatization but between privatization and closing down This is what Union Civil Aviation Minister Hardeep Singh Puri had candidly told Parliament about Air India earlier this year. Now, after multiple failed attempts, the government's plan to sell the loss-making national carrier seems to finally be taking off, with expressions of interest received from multiple parties by 5 p.m. on 14th December, the deadline the government had set. Among those who have expressed interest in bidding for the airline is a group of 219 Air India employees with the backing of a financial investor whose identity has not yet been revealed. This is of course apart from the Tatas a player who was largely expected to take part. In today's episode we'll be talking about who the players are who will be bidding for the airline and what it will take to turn around Air India. particularly at a time when the aviation sector itself is going through one of its worst crises due to the pandemic from the economic times i'm induleka arvind and you're listening to the morning brief to take us through what lies ahead for the maharaja both in terms of the bidding process and in reviving its fortunes i have with me two expert guests the first is sanjeev kapoor former chief strategy and commercial officer at Vistara and former COO of SpiceJet. Joining him is Mihir Mishra, my colleague in the Economic Times who keeps a close watch on the aviation sector and has broken several important stories on the beat. Sanjeev Mihir, great to have you here with us today. Mihir, it was of course widely expected that the Tatars will submit an expression of interest and so they have. but could you tell us about the others who will be bidding for the airline and what you know about them particularly the employees consortium yeah so on the on the uh, basis of interest uh, there are four parties that have shown interest one of course is the uh, employees bid uh, where 200 plus uh, employees have uh, and they say they have a, a foreign investor uh, who would invest but they are uh, not revealing the name of the investor yet then uh, then there is uh, a us based fund called interrupts incorporated so they are they are also one of the parties that have shown interest so they have come with a unique plan where they will offer 51% to the interested okay. employees and the rest 49% they'll keep and uh, they will they also plan to run the airline uh, with the existing management uh, and they do not want to disturb the uh, management structure much uh, Uh, uh just a little bit restructuring here and there so that's the second interesting uh party that has shown interest then there is uh, learn to be spice jet spice jet for now has uh, refused to comment on their interests in the airline uh and then of course is the tatas so looking at the list of these four uh, uh tatas seem to be the uh, most uh, serious and most probable investor for now and was the employees participation was that along expected lines yes it was along expected lines but the number of employees that are part of this uh, uh, uh this uh, this interest is is much lower uh, plus uh, pilots and uh, cabin crew uh, who are an integral part of uh, of any airlines functioning mm-hmm. uh, have are not part of this uh, employees interest 
so that makes it a little weaker in terms of uh, calling it an employee's interest mehir of course uh, you had written about the us based investor in your story today so the statement that is made about you know employee participation um, so have they already been in talks with them about this no not yet not yet but they say that they would offer it once they get the airline uh, they would of course uh, offer uh, a 51% stake to the interested employees but that will start only after they uh, you know kind of get the airline and what happens next so uh, now uh, the interested parties have to submit physical bids by the end of this uh, month which is december 29th uh, then uh, the scrutiny for uh, those interested bids would start so that should take another 5 to 10 days the government for now has said that they'll inform the interested uh, uh, the the selected interested parties by the uh, 5th of january which uh, may be unlikely may happen one doesn't know and then the whole process of rfp and other stuff starts so one doesn't know when this whole process is going to end okay uh, government clearly is not uh, is not in a rush to end this whole process i mean they they definitely know that they cannot uh close the deal by the end of this fiscal uh which is march 31st 2021 mm-hmm. so they would definitely let it go to the next fiscal so that it is accounted in their next year's budget but it's not going to be very fast it will take its own sweet time okay got it and this is of course why uh, sanjeev i think you cautioned me against calling it a bidding war when we spoke the other day but um coming to you what do you think makes air india an attractive proposition to you know each of the four parties that mehir had mentioned earlier well in general air india's uh, attraction lies in the fact that it's got a whole lot of bilateral rights which have been assigned to it by the government it has also got access to a bunch of slots uh, now these slots have become little less constrained now thanks to covid and thanks to various airlines in the world shrinking some shutting down but especially domestically these slots still hold value because domestic is bouncing back quite strongly Mm-hmm. and internationally to over time the slots have value so that is uh, and the bilaterals have a lot of value because the bilaterals have been assigned to air india uh you've got the brand name air india which i believe can be revived can be brought back to its former glory if things go well and you've got the right uh, you know owner and management team and you've of course got uh, a bunch of uh, you know human assets you know whether it's the technical staff the pilots uh, engineers cabin crew etc even in management uh, there's a lot of talents there which uh, would come with the airline having said that i don't think the human assets part is uh, is unique to just buying the airline or it's contingent of buying the airline because those human assets would be available even if the airline were to be started as a fresh airline because if you're good uh, you'll have a role to play sanjeev for those of us who are not very familiar with that term could you explain what bilaterals are Okay, yeah, bilaterals are basically foreign flying rights. It's basically the agreements reached between two countries on how many flights they'll allow uh, their respective airlines, how many airlines will be allowed to fly between those two countries. And uh, so loosely speaking, it's a set of constraints or agreements between two countries which uh, are then assigned to the airline. So for example, uh, between uh, two countries if they say only two airlines can fly from each country between our two countries and Air India has been designated as one. then that's a valuable right that air india has the last time the government tried to uh, divest its stake in air india it didn't receive a single bid what makes the process different this time mihir could you explain that aspect of it 
or timing of the start of the breeding process last time was clearly not right so three things that have changed now are that the government is uh, selling the airline 100% so no government in- intervention post divestment sure it is much much before the uh, 2024 parliamentary elections and uh, the debt has su- come down substantially to 20 23000 crores and which is against the aircraft that the airline currently owns so i think these three things uh, uh, clearly have made it a much more uh, and and one thing that the investors also one of the investor of course talked about is that you know post covid uh, the value of uh, aviation assets have really come down mm-hmm. uh, i mean that is that is the view of one of the uh, invest interested party in this uh so i mean of course i mean it seems it's much better this time as compared to 2018 interesting that you mentioned the timing because uh, of course this is a particularly bad year for the aviation sector sanjeev do you think that uh, in that sense should the government had waited well i don't think so because you know there's an old saying you buy low you sell high uh mm-hmm. so when the industry is going through a downturn as mihir uh, referred to it as well uh the cost of acquisition of various assets actually comes down whether it's aircraft or various other contracts so it's a good time to enter the industry especially if it's going to take 2 or 3 years before it scales up or before the new business plan really takes fruit the whole transaction goes through etc and by the time the new owners really start uh, you know running the show things will be bouncing back so i don't think the timing is bad in fact uh, there's also a belief that there's a lot of dry powder you know in the in the war chest of many private equity funds and potential investors because 2020 has not been a great year for investments in general and oh. therefore they have the capital available to them they're looking to invest and i think the timing is actually uh, pretty good if you want to enter the sector now given that uh, things are available much cheaper all right and what do you make of the seriousness of uh, you know the other players apart from uh, tatas say i can't it would not be right of me to comment on the seriousness i can only comment uh, externally basis what little we know about what we're hearing hmm. you've got 200 employees putting in 1 lakh rupees each uh, you know and they control 51% of the airline uh, that's a drop in the bucket that is i don't know you can do the math but it is uh, maybe 1 crore or a couple of crores hmm. and 51% of the airline goes to you know a group that is putting in a crore or two uh that means that the rest of the capital is going to be you know in the form of debt and i don't think debt is the way to capitalize recapitalize this airline at all in fact air india got into a debt trap the interest yes. payments were so high that it was one of the reasons why uh, they were struggling to to survive essentially and uh, whatever capital comes in now from the new owners should be almost all if not 100% in the form of equity so any bid which is coming in assuming that uh there's going to be a lot of debt uh, an lpo kind of uh, uh, an acquisition i don't think uh, can succeed you know once they start realizing what it takes to run an airline uh of course uh, you know you've got uh, you know again i don't know there's an official list of buyers out there but someone like the tatas they have a lot of capital uh they have uh, wherewithal to put in the money that is required but even they will obviously not blindly just uh, you know pump in equity they'll need to make sure that uh, they have a plan in place and that what they're buying is at a price and in a structure that can actually be turned around uh, that uh, there will be a return on investment uh, but if they're convinced of that they do have the capital and again it has to be uh, 
uh, based on uh, on equity. Uh, it cannot be a debt-based acquisition. And uh, what about SpiceJet? I, I don't want to comment specifically on you know any of the bidders, uh, especially if they've not themselves confirmed whether they bid or not. Mm-hmm. But essentially, uh, you, you need money, and I don't think uh, at this point, if you look at the published results and balance sheet of SpiceJet, uh, I don't think they themselves directly have the funds. Uh, to pull this off, but if they're partnering with somebody else, then who knows? But again, if you don't have the details, so it would not be fair for me to comment. Sure, fair enough. But you did have a very interesting column in the ET the other day, where you where you succinctly talked about what it will take to turn Air India around. Could you outline uh, three or four of the biggest challenges? So the first challenge is having sufficient funds to actually recapitalize the airline. And that should, the requirement for funds should not be underestimated. Like I had written, it will take likely tens of thousands of crores, even if the government writes off a chunk of the debt, because you need to basically you know, rebuild the fleet, you need to refresh the assets, you need to build up a, a cash balance, you need to pay off suppliers, and you need to acquire potentially new aircraft and break leases or sell old aircraft uh, you know, at a loss or impairment to make the airline competitive and to allow the airline to have a business plan and a fleet that actually can stand up against international global competition and can also stand up against a Vistara, assuming Vistara remains a competitor, independent competitor Air India. Hmm. Number one is capital. Number two, you need a complete culture change in the airline. What we've seen in the past is, uh, you know, while uh, in the boardroom, there may be a lot of discussions about restructuring the balance sheet and flying here and flying there, doing this and that. On the ground, uh, most high-yield travelers have avoided Air India because the experience has not been a very good one. There's a very chaltahai attitude of a lot of the staff. I'm not saying all the staff, but a lot of the staff, unfortunately, have a very chaltahai attitude, very casual, on-time performance is not up to the mark. Uh, you know, the aircraft are not very well maintained. The IFE systems are old, etc. cetera. Uh, when something goes wrong, the flight is delayed or canceled, the handling is not very good. And so all of that is an accumulation of years of kind of neglect of what happens on the ground and not and a lack of focus on the customer. And, and then, of course, uh, you need to have a management team and a board which uh, understands not only how to run airlines, mm-hmm. uh, a, lot of, a lot of people do, there's a lot of talent out there, but, but also understands what it takes to turn around a, a legacy airline. And there's not as much talent there. I mean, there's been very few success stories, really, okay. of leg- legacy airlines being turned around and privatized and, being, and made successful. You can count them on your fingertips. The most uh, well-known story was British Airways, when it got privatized in the late 1980s. It was a huge success story. So what you need really is an expert turnaround team uh, involved in managing the airline and also an expert uh, you know, uh, set of board members who know how to hold the feet to the fire. And it's only when you have that kind of discipline, that kind of rigor, that kind of expertise, can a beast like this be turned around. Otherwise, you know, it's going to be very, very hard to make to work. Got it. Now, coming to the Tatas on whom everyone's eyes are, uh, of course, the group and aviation have had a rather turbulent history, starting with the fact that Air India was originally Tata Airlines before the government took over. Now, its other joint ventures, Visara and AirAsia, have had troubles of their own. Mihir, I think you recently wrote that the Tatas are in a standoff with AirAsia over fund infusion. What do you think the Tatas should be doing differently if they were to get control of Air India? Mahir? Uh, you know, that is a question everyone is looking an answer for, frankly. Huh? 
so so here uh, they have uh, put their interest uh, uh, in the name of tata sons so neither vistara nor airisha for now is part of uh, part of uh, their air india interest okay so one doesn't know uh, uh, which airline uh, will air india be merged to or which airline will will be merged to air india mm mm-hmm. so there is a slight confusion here uh, as to uh, what is the strategy that the tatas have for air india if they uh, if they get it or if they buy it eventually uh, logically one would say that you know it it's best to merge it with vistara because vistara being a full service, full service carrier yes and air india being a full service carrier so it's best to merge the two airline and plus vistara has international expansion plans and uh, of course air india's network and air india's slots and air india's bilaterals as sanjeev mentioned gives them a a lot of bump you know uh, at a, at a in, in a very short time they can just uh, convert the planes and start flying as as uh, their own network so uh, that would make sense but one doesn't know for now as to uh, what the tatas are going to do uh, with air india once they get it if they get it Okay, and Sanjeev, what do you think that they should do differently? I know, as Mehir mentioned, there's a lot of lack of clarity. But does anything on priority come to mind? Well, I think uh, again, I need to be thoughtful about how I respond to this because I used to work for Vistara until fairly recently. Sure. Uh, so I'll uh, I'll uh, frame this answer in more general terms. So whether it's the Tatas or anybody else, I think they have to make sure that uh, they get help from the best experts in the world, global experts. who know how to turn around airlines a lot of the expertise actually resides in the west uh, the examples that come to mind are like i gave you were british airways lufthansa another great example the us carriers uh, a lot of them have the experience of turning around airlines and i think that tatas would be well served if they actually got the top global experts from airlines uh, which have actually gone through this i think the best global minds will need to come together to help the new buyer figure out uh the path forward for air india and how to get there and it's not going to be easy so that's the main thing get the right talent get the right help engage the best global experts possible uh and then have a management team in place that can actually motivate uh and uh, ex- excite the staff and drive culture change which i had referred to earlier too often not enough attention is put on execution uh, much of the attention is put on just the blueprint the blueprint is just the first step so i think a lot of focus has to be in execution a lot of airlines that have struggled uh to succeed have struggled because they have signed very bad contracts the importance of having the best minds and the best contracts uh for the new air india cannot cannot be exaggerated it is it is critical no no sanjeev when you mentioned that the uh, expertise lies in the west do you think uh uh vistara which has singapore airlines as 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 its partner the singapore airlines has the uh, expertise uh, or would have the expertise is their expertise enough uh, enough to turn around air india so again i need to be thoughtful about the fact that it is to work for vistara singapore airlines is a great airline and has done fantastic it is considered by many to be the best airline in the world mm-hmm. uh, to my knowledge singapore airlines have not gone through the kind of transformational turnaround uh, you know uh, where you've taken a broken airline uh, a broken legacy airline and, and transformed it that's an experience which is uh, rare and which to my knowledge uh, exists much more in the west so without putting singapore airlines down they have a fantastic airline uh, i think whoever buy you know if it's a tatas they need to cast the net wider 
to get the right experts to guide them with air india because it's a different beast altogether sure my final question i'm going to go back to the statement that mr puri had made in parliament so in case the government fails to find a buyer for air india yet again what are the options that it has i'd like both of your thoughts on that so no i don't think uh, the government can go ahead and shut down air india just like that there are too many implications uh, you know there is a politics around it there is a politics around job losses i don't think they they can simply go ahead and shut down air india if air india is not sold a government definitely will have to infuse money keep on infusing money to run the airline because even as on date um, i mean even pre covid air india was not able to meet its operational cost and government was providing its uh, it guarantees to go out to the market and raise working capital loans to run the airline to pay salaries uh, even till last month some money was uh, uh, you know uh, infused by the government not as equity but as 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 a dues which they owed to uh, air india was was paid for air india to be able to pay salaries uh, clearly uh, if the airline is not sold air india uh, government will have to keep infusing money into the airline to keep it running sanjeev what do you think i have a very counter intuitive uh, or unusual view on this i am not at all in the camp that believes that government ownership means failure and private ownership means success i completely don't believe in that uh, if you look at singapore airlines it is government owned if you look at emirates it's government owned if you look at some private airlines uh, in india or around the world which are frankly uh, struggling to survive you know that's despite being privately owned uh if you look at uh, the best service providers in the world some of them are government owned if you look at some of the worst service providers in the world they're privately owned so i'm not one that thinks that privatization is a magic bullet that will automatically always be superior to government ownership so if the government is unable to sell air india they can look mm-hmm. into the models used by temasic uh, singapore government at temasic uh, and how they manage singapore airlines look at how uh, the uae uh, and the dubai government manages emirates uh you know get put air india at arms length remove all political interference from air india put into a special structure or special entity where a set of professionals which are who are compensated and paid according to global standards etc a pro- professional management team is put into place a pro- uh, you know professional board is put into place and you can actually get a lot of what a private buyer would do if the government just allowed air india even while being government owned to be run professionally by professional management and again look at what singapore airlines how it's run look at emirates benchmark what they do and say let's put air india under you know such a structure and let's just make sure we keep our hands off of it we will still fund it we will still be the owners but we will run it like a private airline with professional management that is entirely a viable option in my mind and we should not discount it it's a very interesting perspective and we will of course have to wait till next year to see which way air india finally goes critical days ahead both for air india and the aviation sector and of course we at the economic times will be keeping a close watch and bringing you the top stories there sanjeev mehir thank you so very much once again for joining us today finding a new owner for air india is evidently not something that's going to be done and dusted in a jiffy and if and when that finally happens the acquisition itself will just be the first in a string of complex steps needed to get the maharaja back in shape you're listening to the morning brief from the economic times and i'm indulekha arvind 
Today's episode was edited by Rachita Prasad and Nehal Chaliawala and coordinated by Nehal. Do send your feedback in to the morning brief at timesgroup.com and share the episode on social media if you enjoyed it. The morning brief airs every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Avaaz.com